you so much to all those who uh, serve behind the scenes and is playing the instruments and running sound and doing security and uh, doing uh, fellowship hall uh, hosting and parking lot greeters and all those. And by the way, we need all those things going forward, so be sure if you'd like to serve in some capacity, uh, you let us know and we'd love to sign you up. Uh, many of you might be familiar with what they used to call the freshman 20, uh, where a child would go off to school and uh, go away from home, and then they would gain about 20 pounds. Maybe you heard that phrase, uh, the freshman 20. And on the radio the other day, I heard about the quarantine 15. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but during quarantine, uh, gaining maybe 15 pounds. Um, so... Uh, I thought that was interesting, the quarantine 15. As you can plainly see, uh, I have a problem with my weight. I have for most of my life. Uh, many sins you can hide, but uh, gluttony is not usually one of them. Um, at my very largest in my life, uh, I was actually 326 pounds. And um, so it's hard to believe that looking back. But listen, being overweight uh, is hard. I've never heard a child say when I grow up, I want to be obese. I've never heard a child say that. Uh, that's not something we want. It's not fun. It's not popular. Uh, but, but, but sad to say, being overweight and unhealthy has become common, even normal, uh, especially among those of us who are Christians. Years ago, SBC Life ran an article. The article was entitled Obesity in the Body of Christ. And the article stated this, and I'm sure this will bless you, Baptists, including Southern Baptists, have the distinction of being the most overweight religious group in the study. So if you want something to be proud of as a Southern Baptist, we were the fattest of the group uh, when they studied that years ago. Now listen, I'm not here to condemn overweight people because I are one. <clears throat> Pardon my grammar. Uh, most overweight and obese people have enough condemnation in their life already. What I want to do today is I want to get refocused on our fitness, get refocused on our health. Uh, we, we want to call gluttony what it is. It's sin. Uh, the Bible's clear on that. Call for repentance, changes in lifestyle. I want to help all of us. And so when we're looking at this idea of refocusing on our fitness, you know, we refocus on our faith in the first Sunday. We were focused on our uh, family last Sunday. Today we focus on our fitness. You might be there and thinking, well, you know, I don't have a problem with my weight. Uh, this sermon is for those who are large. I'm skinny. Uh, so I'm just tuning out for a moment. Let's, let me talk to the skinny people for just a moment. Uh, skinny people, we love you. We really do. You can eat anything you want. Never gain a pound. You can do whatever you want. You can go to the buffet as much as you want and never gain. We really love you. We really do. We can't stand you. We don't like you, but we love you. All right? Uh, but the truth of the matter is you can be skinny and still be unhealthy. And so we want to talk about what the Bible says about these things. Maybe your addiction is not food. Uh, maybe your addiction, you struggle with other harmful things like cigarettes or tobacco or alcohol. Uh, maybe you're a workaholic. Maybe you don't rest. Maybe you don't um, deal with stress in your life. You know, some dig their graves with a, a uh, fork and spoon and others, they dig their graves with cigarettes and booze. Uh, just because someone is thin does not mean that they are healthy. Uh, that they're honoring uh, their body. Um, and so today's biblical principles I'm going to share with you apply to all of us, no matter our size, no matter our age, what we're going through, what stage of life we're in. We just want to get refocused because um, we're living in difficult days and sometimes people turn to food and turn to other addictions and other harmful things to cope. 
And, of course, God wants us to turn to Him. Uh, God wants us to trust Him. And so we're going to lay down our fork and our spoon, pick up our Bibles. But before we do that, I want to talk to you for a moment about your soul. You know, in case you have not noticed lately, your body is deteriorating. Um, In all reality, you are dying. Uh, Every day, every breath brings you closer, one step closer to the grave. Now, aren't you glad you came today? I mean, I told you right in the message so far, we're shutting everything down for the rest of the year except Sunday, and now you're headed to the grave. But that's the truth of the matter is, all of us are headed to the grave unless Jesus Christ comes forth. Uh, First, we're only in these bodies for a little while. And um, then after that death, we step out into eternity. And I want to make sure that everybody that's listening today is prepared for that day. And it doesn't matter what your age is. Reminded of that this past week in our own community. Uh, young people die. Older people die. Middle-aged people die. Um, in fact, I heard we had a prayer request. I don't know the name, but I think it was a locust police chief passed away this past week. I was told he's my age. You know, uh, we had a 17-year-old young, old young man pass away, a 44-year uh, man pass away, all throughout. Uh, somebody talked about an 84-year-old person that passed away. All throughout. That's just this past week, the deaths I heard about. And so we know that we're only here for a short time. Make sure that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Make sure your eternity is settled and sure. You've turned from your sin. You've trusted Jesus Christ And you know that heaven is your home and glory awaits you. Being a church member doesn't save you. Being a Baptist doesn't save you. Being good doesn't save you. Only Jesus Christ can save us and he will if we ask him. And so we're looking today at our bodies. We're looking today at our fitness. We're looking today at our health. And we're going to go through this rather quickly. I'm going to give you a lot of biblical principles. You might want to jot some notes down. Um, But let's refocus on our fitness. And I want to give you two uh, main points today, and then I'll give you a lot of subpoints under those. And so I want to give you the very first heading, and that is this, as believers, as Christians, um, as people of faith, we need to surrender our bodies. Surrender your bodies. We're going to begin in Romans 12, giving you a lot of Scripture today. You might want to jot these references down for future reference. But Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, may be familiar verses to you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, talking to believers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so the Bible tells us we're to surrender our bodies to God. There to be a living sacrifice. And I want you to pray for me because as I told you, this is a struggle for me. And every day, I'm, I need to surrender my body. Every day I need to give my body to the Lord. It's to be a living sacrifice. And so we're to surrender our bodies to Jesus. We're to give our bodies to God. We don't bring dead sacrifices. We don't bring animals today and sacrifice them. We bring ourselves. And we are the sacrifice, if you will. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. So let me give you some biblical principles concerning your body. First of all, please note that you were created by God and for God. You were created by God and for God. Everybody here today was created by God. We didn't just appear. We didn't crawl up out of some ooze, out of some uh, old swamp somewhere. We didn't decide to sprout limbs. No, we were created by God and we were created for God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 says, For by Him all things were created that are in heaven 
and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through Him and for Him. You were created by God and for God. And the truth of the matter is, He didn't have to create me. And He didn't have to create you. But He did. And life is a gift. And our bodies are a gift. And the ability to live and to function and enjoy the good things that God gives us, they are gifts and He wants us to use them for His glory. He has in mind our best in His glory. So you are created by God and for God. Next notice, you are bought by God and are owned by God. You're bought by God and owned by God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 this time. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 says, For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Notice what it says. In your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Christian salvation is free, but it did not come cheap. It was purchased and bought by the precious blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God gave His own Son to die in our place. He purchased us with His own blood. The highest price has ever been paid. Um, and will ever be paid. The sinless, perfect Lamb of God laid down His life at Calvary. As we sang about earlier in the service. We might say that we're His twice. We're His because He created us and then we're His because He bought us. He redeemed us. We're twice bought, if you will. We are not our own. So mark it down big and bold. We belong to God. We are God's children. Those of us who know Jesus Christ, we are bought with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest price ever given. But then there's a third thing under this whole idea of surrendering your body, and that is you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, we just read 1 Corinthians 6, 19, or 6, 20. If we back up one verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, here's what it says about our bodies. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Again, talking about His ownership of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's an awesome thing to think about. Every child of God, if you're a Christian here today, you have indwelling you God, the Holy Spirit. Now, we do not become a God. We become the dwelling place in which God lives in us through His Holy Spirit. So I was preparing for this message. An article in the Southern Baptist Texan, Texan told of a T-shirt that was seen on a rotund man. And the T-shirt had written on it, If my body is the temple of God... I must be a megachurch. And, you know, <laughs> that would be really, really funny uh, if it wasn't sad. Uh, we abuse our bodies. And when we abuse our bodies, we're abusing the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we abuse our bodies and we do that which does not bring honor and glory to God. We often think of uh, God's house as this place, the building that we're in. And I understand what we mean by that. We talk about God's house and we're going to God's house and we're going to church. And but the truth of the matter is God does not dwell here. Of course, we know he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. But the Bible says that God, the Holy Spirit, dwells within each one of us. We are the church. And this is the place that we've set aside, a sacred place that we've set aside to worship God. It's a very special place. And we would never think of doing anything to desecrate this place or to harm this place or abuse this place. 
We want to use it for His glory. I mean, it's not a museum. It's not a shrine, if you will, where we just kind of put lights up and don't ever touch anything. No, we're here to use this to bring uh, glory to God and bring people to Christ and grow them. But we never would think of abusing this building. And yet we abuse our bodies. And we damage our bodies. And while not all disease and sickness is brought on by neglect or abuse, there is much that is. And... um, Perhaps you heard about the church who didn't have enough parking. And uh, thankfully, it was located right next to a store that was closed on Sunday. And a church member asked the store owner if they could use his parking lot. You know, the store is closed on Sunday. Can we use your parking lot for overflow parking? And the store owner said, no problem. You can use it 51 weeks out of the year. But on the 52nd week, it's going to be chained off. So you can use it 51 weeks. The 52nd week is going to be chained off. And the man was grateful, but he was also curious. He said, well, what happens um, that week? I mean, when you chain it off. And the store owner said, nothing. I just want you to remember it's not your parking lot. And I wonder sometimes if that's why God allows things in our life, like sickness and different things. Is God trying to kind of get our attention or mind us, by the way, You are not your own. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to me. I bought you. I created you. You're my child. You belong to me. I bought you with a price. And he also reminds us as he teaches in his word that we reap what we sow. And so we need to surrender our bodies. Why? We were created by God. We're created for God. We're bought by God. We're owned by God. And we literally are, as Christians, the temple of God of the Holy Spirit. But there's a second thing I want to share with you today. The second main heading is this. Not only should we surrender our bodies, we also need to sustain our bodies. Sustain your bodies. I gave you three references there. Sustain your body. 1 Corinthians 10.31, you've heard it many times if you've been around here. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, I find that interesting. That's what he says. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, Do all to the glory of God. The very basic things. By the way, God could have created us where we didn't need to eat or drink. I remember watching the Jetsons growing up. Anybody ever watched the Jetsons years ago? And uh, my boys, uh, I just spent several years, got a hold of some DVDs for the Jetsons. I guess we bought them and they they would play in the back of the van. I got so sick of listening to the Jetsons behind me. But anyway, uh, remember the Jetsons, they got to where they were just taking a pill. If I remember correctly, they just take a pill. They didn't have to eat anymore. But we can't do that. We have to eat. We have to drink. We can live without a lot of things, but if we don't eat and we don't drink, we're going to die. And so he says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 4. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Our bodies belong to God, but he's entrusted them to us. We're just stewards. We're just managers, just like with other possessions and finances and things that God gives us. We're just managers. We're just stewards over them. And so while they belong to God, he's given us the responsibility to take care of them, to maintain them, to sustain them. And we're to do everything to the glory of God. Philippians 1, Paul writing there in Philippians 1, 20 and 21 says, According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body. Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, here's where I want to get real practical in the message. 
And let me just say before I give you what I'm about to give you, we're not promoting today um, going overboard in the care of our bodies. Some people make their bodies an idol that they worship. And they go overboard in this and they invest huge chunks of time and money and energy and effort to have the best body around. And they just give their life to maintaining their body and, 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 and taking care of their body and promoting their body and showing off their body. We're not talking about that. We're talking about being healthy. Talking about maintaining what God has given us so that we can be healthy and fit to, so that we can be useful to God and have the energy to do what God has called us to do. And by the way, when I say healthy, that's going to mean different things for different people. Some people have disabilities. Some people have problems. Some people are missing limbs or they have mental uh, disabilities or whatever. And the way they honor God with their bodies may be different the way I honor God with my body or you honor God with your body. It's about taking care of the body that God has given to us. So I want to give you some things here. And before I give them to you, I've got to remind you of something else. You remember that we said that the Holy Spirit indwells us. And when it comes to the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you remember that self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so what I'm about to give you is not something we do in our own strength. We have to surrender to the Holy Spirit's working in our life. But I want to give you seven things today under sustaining your body. I'll give them to you quickly. We'll talk briefly about them and then we'll go home. Number, Number one, you need to accept your body as a gift from God. Accept your body as a gift from God. This is such an important step that so many need to take. To accept your body. So many people become preoccupied by what they do not like about their bodies. You know, my nose is too big, my ears are too this or whatever, my eyes are too far apart, or I wish I was this color hair or that, wish I was taller, wish I was shorter, I wish my, my feet weren't so big, and on and on and go. But God is the one who created you. God gave you life. And God had a purpose for the reason He made you the way you are. And so we need to accept the fact that God made us and God doesn't make mistakes. And we need to be grateful that God has given us this body and our bodies are gifts of God. And so maybe the step you need to take today is just to be clear and say, God, you created me. You gave me these features. I may not even like some of them, but thank you for giving me Life, thank you for giving me a body. Secondly, oh, the Bible teaches moderation. Eat in moderation. Do you live to eat or do you eat to live? You might like Miss Piggy's philosophy. Remember Miss Piggy, Kermit and Miss Piggy? Miss Piggy's philosophy of eating was this. She said, never eat more than you can lift. Never eat more than you can lift. Gluttony, the Bible is clear, is a sin. Uh, somebody recently said they never heard a sermon on gluttony. You can't say that now because we're talking about gluttony. Gluttony is accepted in the church. We don't accept a lot of things. We accept this, but it does not make it right. We can enjoy food. Food is a gift from God. But the Bible says we're to enjoy it in moderation. And uh, we need to work hard at um, that thing with the Holy Spirit's help. Uh, we, we would be wise to eat more fresh and less junk. Um, go back and read the story of Daniel and you find Daniel is a good example. Uh, even though it was a, a con- biblical conviction, uh, he pretty much existed on uh, what God had made uh, when it comes to food. And so um, the advice I've been given, if it grows on a plant, eat it. If it's made in a plant, leave it alone. Um, that, that's going to be good, good uh, advice there. Accept your body as a gift from God. Eat in moderation. And then thirdly, move your body. Now, I said move your body instead of exercise, but that's what I mean 
Because some people think exercise, you have to get on a treadmill or a, a, a bike or get a gym membership. But no, you can move your body in various ways. Gardening, pushing, mowing the grass, chopping wood, gardening, working out in the flower beds, walking, just on and on and on. Just where to move our bodies. And that may include if you want to go on a treadmill or whatever it is. Think about Jesus. Jesus walked everywhere he went. Um, walking, I guess is how you say, one of the ways, the main way Jesus exercised. Uh, he did it as a part of his normal life. Someone figured out, and how they did this, I don't know, but uh, they figured out that he walked at least 21,000 plus miles in his life. I don't know if that's true or not, but he walked many, many miles. When you look at his adventures, but he walked everywhere. But not only that, when you think about it, um, you know, when he was serving in Joseph's carpenter shop, there were no table saws and no power drills. I mean, when he was working, it was manual labor. And I got to thinking about that the other day when I was thinking about that point. I would have loved to have seen some of the things that Jesus made, wouldn't you? I mean, they had to be perfect, right? But, but, but long story short, we need to move our bodies. Because if we don't move it, we lose it. Right? So move our bodies. Number four, seek less stress and more rest. I'm guilty of this one. We can't avoid all stress. We can't avoid all the things that come in our lives, but we certainly can avoid some of it. We can learn to cope with it in biblical uh, right ways. And then we need to rest. Rest is something that's not valued. It's not thought much of today, but the Bible is very clear that we're to rest. We should rest nightly. We should rest weekly. And we should rest yearly. That is, each evening we go to rest. Each week we take a day off of the Sabbath principle and each year we take time away. So we should seek less stress and more rest. Number five, practice good hygiene. God made soap, God made shampoo, God made deodorant and toothpaste for a reason. Use it, amen? Um, I don't know about you, but one of the most unpleasant things to get around is someone who will not practice good hygiene. That's part of taking care of the body that God's given to us. Practice good hygiene. Number six, dress modestly. The Bible's very clear on this. When it comes to our wardrobe, sexy should not be a word that we use. Uh, sexy is fine in the bedroom with your spouse, but it's not out in public. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but, with prop, but what is proper for women professing godliness with good works. And can I just add, that is not only a principle for women, it's also one for men. Uh, that is, we should dress modestly, the Bible teaches. And that kind of ties into the next one, and that is maintain purity. Maintain purity. Galatians 5.16, I say then, walk in the Spirit. You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 1 Thessalonians 4.4 4 again, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Uh, I don't have to remind you, do it, that we live in a dirty world. We live in a dirty world. And I'm not talking about dirt and mud. I'm talking about the filth and the moral impurity that we are around all the time. And we need to, with God's help, maintain purity. We could say more about those things. Those are just seven practical things we find to help us to sustain our bodies. But if I was going to sum it all up again, I would come back to that passage I've already referenced, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, where it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own, for you are bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. John MacArthur told the following story. He said he had a friend who was visiting a great cathedral in New York City. And while he was at that um, cathedral, he came to the shrine to St. Joseph. 
And at the sign of St. Joseph, there was a sign hanging around St. Joseph's neck that read, Do not worship here. This shrine is out of order. And MacArthur said, his friend said to himself, I wonder if there aren't many days when that sign should be hung around my neck. Don't expect to see Christ here. This shrine is out of order. Christian, what about you? What about me today? Is your shrine in order? Are you taking care of the body that God has given to you? What changes might be God uh, might be saying to you today that you need to take in obedience and faith to live a life that would be honoring to Him and a usefulness to Him? Because we know that we can do things to bring about decay and death in our bodies. We want to use our bodies to bring honor and glory to God. Well, these, this is one of those messages you're like, I hope he's done. I hope he's done. I'm ready to pray and go to the restaurant. <clears throat> right? Uh, but anyway, let's pray together. Father, thank you for these principles we've studied from your word today. Thank you for the body that you have given to us. I pray if anybody here today does not know for certain, first of all, that their sin is forgiven and heaven is their home, that you would work in their life right now and bring them to repentance and faith. And then, Lord, for those of us who know you, thank you for saving us. Thank you for creating us. Thank you for giving us life and giving us a body. And, Lord, we do fail in so many regards. Uh, Help us, Father. Help us to make wise decisions. Help us to care for the body you've given to us. Thank you for indwelling us. I pray that you would fill us and use us. Father, we can't do this on our own. We fail. We fumble. We mess up. We need your empowerment. We need your help. Thank you that you forgive us when we mess up and you help us and you strengthen us. So help us to make wise choices going forward, biblical choices that would help us to have bodies that are as fit as they can be to bring honor and glory to you and do your work in this world because we realize that this body is temporary. Thank you, Father, that one day you're going to give us a perfect body. And we don't have to worry about much of what we just studied, but it's going to be perfect and complete and whole. So we look forward to that day. But in the meantime, Father, help us to use this body you've given to us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to sing in closing this hymn, Have Thine Own Way, Lord, Have Thine Own Way. And uh, whatever it is God's speaking to you today about, trust that you'll uh, respond in obedience and faith. And I hope you got all those notes. I gave you a lot of information in a short amount of time. And I hope it will be helpful. Let's stand together and sing Have Thine Own Way. Thank you.